Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsm radio.org now here's our show today in the seven prophetic letters written to the seven local churches in Asia in Revelation 2 and 3 the Lord commends each one for the positive things he finds in their midst but in five of the seven there's also the exposing and shining eyes as he judges and warns them of the evil found in their midst of these five that were found in a negative situation Thyatira occupies a unique place, for Thyatira tolerates the evil woman Jezebel. Francis Ball is here today as we come to the fourth of the seven epistles written to the seven churches in Asia. And today, Thyatira, welcome to the program, Francis. Thank you very much. This is quite an interesting uh, church that we're addressing today. It is. Francis, in Watchman Nee's book, which we've been talking about this week, The Orthodoxy of the Church, he points out that the seven churches are divided into two groups. We've looked at the first group now, a group of three, and today we begin the second group, starting with Thyatira. What is different about this group? And maybe you could say something about this distinction between these two categories of these seven churches. Chris, I believe the difference between the first three churches mentioned here, Ephesus, Smyrna, and Pergamos, and the last four, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, lies in uh, two main factors. First, uh, the age of each of the first three churches uh, has come and gone. The church in the time of the apostles, the church at Ephesus, led into the church that's identified with Smyrna, the suffering church. And then following that, we have the church married to the world, which is the meaning of the church in Pergamos. That whole epistle shows uh, that the time of Constantine uh, not only the church got in the world, but the world got in the church. Mm-hmm. When you get to Thyatira and the following churches that are mentioned in these letters, you see uh, that they all exist simultaneously from that time until the Lord comes back. So that's a significant difference in these two groups of churches. One is historically already past. Ephesus is past. Smyrna is past. Pergamos is past. And now we're dealing with churches, each of which will exist until the Lord comes back. And the second important factor is that the first three churches don't mention anything about the second coming of Christ. But in these four epistles we're starting on today, the second coming of Christ is mentioned in each one of these letters. So that factor really kind of um, reinforces 
our first point, that these churches exist uh, until the Lord returns. This is the distinguishing characteristic. Yes, that's right. That's the main thing. Well, Francis, we've come to Thyatira. Uh, let's look at these verses in chapter 2, beginning at verse 18. And to the messenger of the church in Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, he who has eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet are like shining bronze. I know your works and love and faith and service and your endurance, and that your last works are more than the first. But I have something against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, she who calls herself a prophetess and teaches and leads my slaves astray to commit fornication and to eat idle sacrifices. Now, in this coming section, Francis, of Witness Leaf speaking, we're going to hear a connection between these verses in Revelation 2 and a parable from Matthew 13, which we touched recently in our life study of Matthew. Matthew 13:33. Another parable he spoke to them. The kingdom of the heavens is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal until the whole was leavened. The connection between this woman in Matthew 13 and this woman in Revelation 2 is what we're going to focus on in this first section. Let's join Witness Lee. Now, let us see the false church. The woman Jezebel is the most crucial point in the epistle to the church at Tatera. Talking about her, we have to go back to Matthew 13. You can see there are two parables. One is of the mustard seed becoming a big tree. And the other is a woman putting the leaven into the fine flour. All the sound, the fundamental students of the Bible do agree that Jezebel here in Revelation chapter 2 is, of no doubt, the woman prophesied by the Lord in Matthew 13. So these two women actually are just one. Not only so, you have another woman, the great harlot in chapter 17. You have to realize the woman in Matthew 13 eventually is the woman in Revelation 2. And the woman in Revelation 2 here eventually is that great harlot, which is called the great Babylon. Jezebel is that harlot. If she is not the great harlot, then who is today? Who? Who is this present Jezebel? According to history, no doubt, the apostate church is the judgment, the great harlot. See, brought in the heathen, the pagan things to the worship of God by his people. This is the crucial and the most central point. Judgment in the ancient time brought in the pagan things, the hidden things, to the worship of God by God's people. This is the principle of what the apostate church does 
Francis, the key to understanding what Thyatira symbolizes in church history, no doubt, is this woman Jezebel. The New Testament presents us with three references to an evil woman. In Matthew 13, the verse that we read, Revelation 2, and also in Revelation 17, the great harlot. Why do we know, Francis, that these three references are all pointing to one symbolic woman? These three references that you mentioned, Matthew 13 and Revelation 2 and Revelation 17, all make reference to a woman. In Matthew 13, this woman is seen here hiding leaven in the meal. Uh, You have to see the meaning of these things to realize what this does. The meal here is really Christ himself as the meal offering. And uh, to bring leaven into it, leaven is something evil and something that's designed to make a thing easier to take. She keeps adding leaven to this meal until the whole is leavened. And this is an evil mixture. Then in chapter 17 of Revelation, the woman there is called the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And here in chapter 2, the church in Thyatira is tolerating the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and teaches and leads the Lord's servants astray to commit fornication and to eat idol sacrifices. It brings in idolatry. She is really an evil one. And this epistle is saying the problem with Thyatira is that she tolerates this evil system, this evil woman. So as we compare Scripture with Scripture, we have no way to conclude other than this woman is the same in all three of these references, the same evil woman. Francis, this woman Jezebel in the New Testament was first mentioned in the Old Testament. What do we know about her background that helps us to see the symbolic connection here? In using the name Jezebel, the Lord was reminding us of First and Second Kings. This wife of Ahab was from a heathen background, and she, through Ahab, brought pagan things into the worship of God. And this is really the crucial and most central point in the whole epistle of Thyatira. So this is the principle, uh, the incorporating of the pagan things, or the leaven as they're referred to in Matthew, into the genuine worship of God. Yes, that's uh, the thing that's most predominant in this particular epistle. Let's go on, Francis, and look at a couple more of these verses about Thyatira. Verse 21, And I gave her time that she might repent, and she is not willing to repent of her fornication. Behold, I cast her into a bed, and all those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of her works. And her children I will kill with death, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches the inward parts and the hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. A very sober warning uh, aimed at those in Thyatira and to all of us really to take heed. Let's join Witness Lee again. From the very beginning of the Bible, God's intention is to feed F-E-E-D, his people. With the life supply. In the uh, garden, there was the tree of life. And that was the life supply. After man's fall, even God's redemption, God still didn't give up this thought of feeding his people. 
So, in the Passover, God asked His people to uh, strike the blood on the doorpost. And under the covering of the blood, they had to eat the flesh, the meat of the lamb. It was not just to uh, apply the redeeming blood, but also under the covering of the redeeming blood, they had to eat the lamb. That was very clear. Then, after they were brought out of Egypt, God gave them day after day the heavenly manna to be their life supply. In the New Testament, you can find verses that all these were types of Christ, not only being our Redeemer, but also our life supply. Then, eventually, the people entered into the good land. On the day they entered into the good land, manna ceased. They started to eat the produce, the rich produce of the good land. Now we also know that the rich produce of the good land signifies the riches of Christ. Christ is not only our land, it's not only our manna, but also our good land. He himself told us in Matthew 13 that he himself is the fine flower. And the fine flower is a complete type of the Lord Jesus as our life supply. Christ in his humanity is the fine flower for our food. But in Matthew 13, the Lord Jesus predicted that a woman will come. And that evil woman will pick up leaven and put this leaven into the fine flour. This is exactly what the apostate church does. She pick up and put all the pagan leaven into the fine flour of Christ. So this is really a mixture. And this is why this apostate church is so subtle. Sometimes they will say, don't you think we have something real? Don't you think we have Christ? Don't you think we have God? Don't you think we have the Bible? Yes, they do. But it's not pure. It's not pure. It's a mixture. Yes, it has the fine flower, but <laughs> within the fine flower is what? Is the leaven. Francis, this is really a strong word. The evil of adding leaven to the flour is such a subtle thing. What does this leaven added by the woman point to in terms that we can relate to today? This is a, a very subtle thing, Chris, that even in cooking, leaven is added in to make something easier to take. It makes it look better and makes it more palatable to your natural taste. And this is exactly what this evil woman has done. She's brought leaven and put it into the meal, which is really Christ himself as the real meal, to bring in things that are not according to the Bible, not according to God's intention, is to bring in leaven. Even the things may seem so good. 
because we have to admit, even in this church in Thyatira, there were some of the good things. He knew their works and their love and their faith. This was a kind of a commendation of what is there. Right. But the danger and the subtlety of the whole thing that these evil pagan practices are brought in that are far from what's revealed in the Bible. They have the appearance of something so good, but actually it's leaven. And the attempt to uh, bring the truth of God's gospel down so that people can naturally understand it and receive Christ from a leaven point of view really spoils their enjoyment of Christ. And he pointed out Christ is our food in so many ways. God's intention is to feed his people. So they take it that since it's a food, we better make it easy to take. Right. And that's the reason leaven comes in, in so many good ways. Yeah, we, we really all have to be on guard against this principle. We may not be caught up in the system that uh, Thyatira represents, but in principle we can all fall into this, even in our attempts to bring the gospel to people. We may add some things with the thought that, well, this will help draw a crowd and make it easier for the people to take. But in principle, it's really the same thing, isn't it? It really is, and we have to be careful. Even on this kind of radio program, we want to be faithful to the Word of God and to God's people. Francis, let's go back to uh, the verses. Verse 24 says, I say to you, the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this teaching, who have not known the deep things of Satan, as they say, I put no other burden upon you. Nevertheless, what you have, hold fast till I come. Now, particularly this phrase, the deep things of Satan reside in the church in Thyatira. Let's go back to Witness Lee. The church became in the place where Satan dwells, where his throne is, worldly. You have to see the subtleties of the enemy in the false church. Satan comes into the church, and Satan has saturated the church with himself. So, here you have the depth of Satan, the mysterious teachings of Satan. In the so-called apostate church, there is the real satanic philosophy. They do teach some satanic mysteries. All satanic. Pagan, adulterous, full of fornication, and filled with the deep thought of Satan. Satan's thought, Satan's concept, has saturated that apostate church. That is not the body of Christ. That is not the church of God. That is the embodiment of Satan. That is the evil thing. The most subtle and most evil thing that has ever been on this earth. Nothing is so evil, nothing is so subtle. I would ask you for this epistle. You have to read Brother Nee's book. It gives you the adequate history. And it also gives you the adequate light to look into the whole situation of this apostate church. Anyone that has a heart for the Lord must know this apostate church and know her thoroughly. And we would not appreciate anything related to her. We must say this is the real harlot 
And this is the great Herod, and this is the great Babylon. We have nothing to do with it. But sorry to say, the Revelation does say this great Herod has many daughters. Big daughters and small daughters. Many daughters. As far as the church is concerned, where we have to be? We are in the body of Christ. We are in the church of God. We have nothing to do with that Jezebel, that evil woman, that great heart, that Babylon. And even we have nothing to do with all her daughters. Francis, I think we have all gotten a very deep impression of the seriousness of this situation. And the subtlety is really the danger, the things that uh, subtly creep in and overtake us. I'd like to spend our last couple of minutes, if we could, talking about the last couple of verses related to Thyatira. And these really are related to the promise to those in Thyatira who overcome this situation. Let me just read these and then uh, ask you to comment. And verse 26, And he who overcomes and he who keeps my word until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, And he will shepherd them with an iron rod, as vessels of pottery are broken in pieces, as I also have received from my Father. And to him I will give the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Well, Chris, according to the pure word of the Bible, we see that the Lord indicates in Revelation 17, verse 16, that during the Great Tribulation, the Lord will allow the Antichrist to kill and damage the apostate church. But before that time, the apostate church will remain until the Lord comes back. And Chris, we have to realize that the Lord does have his own people, even in this apostate church. So the Lord says just what you just quoted. All of those who overcome, who keep his works until the end, These are what's called the rest in Thyatira who do not have Jezebel's teaching, have not known the deep things of Satan, those who hold fast the Lord's testimony until he comes. And these are the ones who keep the Lord's works. And actually that means they keep uh, the truth concerning his holy living, his crucifixion, his resurrection, and his ascension. These are his works. For these overcomers the prize will be to reign with Christ over the nations in the millennial kingdom. Hallelujah. This is a glorious thing for those who are the overcomers, even in the age of the apostate church. Even within that system, there are those, Francis, who have, as you pointed out, not uh, followed that teaching and really have held his works faithful until the end. And uh, I'd point out that I'll be gone the next couple of days, and Matt Miller will be sitting in, so uh, be sure and listen for Matt. And I'll be back with you next week. And, Francis, you'll also be back with us next week as we continue on to look at these seven churches in Asia. I look forward to that. Thank you for being with us today. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, 
Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America, and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man, so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one, and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.